Hi, I am Terry Park and I have been uploading sessions here um, a few different times and I have a new um, browser through Anchor. So I am going to be recording an episode for my website, um, Park Counseling. Uh, the web address is terryswritings.com. And today um, I'm going to talk a little bit about mental health and COVID, maybe just a tiny bit about COVID, but, COVID, but mostly trauma and how that can affect how um, we feel and, and, and therapy, and, and then a little bit about some evidence-based trauma therapies that are out there and kind of my relationship to them. So I have an Instagram page that's just under my name, Terry Park, that I use mostly for professionally as a business page to put some 15 second memes on there that might be some sounds or some pictures that I like or some try to have it be kind of some uplifting messages. And recently when I was looking at my description of myself, I went ahead and added trauma therapist to it. Um, I was thinking that if I wanted to know more about someone who's a therapist, I might look and see what I could find about them. And one of the things that's really uh, important to me and one of my uh, areas that I focus a lot of my trainings in and kind of the way I do therapy is, in in trauma so some people i've met with uh, for mental health therapy have told me that they looked through some of my information and they saw i have a pretty extensive training background in trauma i 2012 i went to a training called trauma-informed care uh, which is a train the trainer course and that same summer i went to a it's called tfcbt so it's trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy um, so both of those trauma-informed care sort of helps look at things from a trauma perspective, as in what makes people act the way they do, what makes them do some of the things they do, and kind of taking that into account. Uh, at the time, I was working in a or I was um, a director of a small not-for-profit um, known as Promising Futures of Central Indiana. It had formerly been known as Hamilton Center's Youth Service Bureau, and we had a pregnant parenting team program. Uh, where we had uh, some people who lived there and we had some staff and understanding the staff and the people who lived in the home and the apartments that we were able to fund from a trauma perspective was really helpful to me at the time. And then also learning about how to do some psychoeducation, which is kind of teaching from a psychological perspective on trauma, how that can be really helpful to people I meet with. And then also the trauma narrative, which can be telling a story or um, kind of talking through some traumatic responses. Recently, I became trained in DBT, which is dialectical behavioral therapy, which is um, another way of, it's an evidence-based way, meaning there's been lots of research done to show kind of what makes it work. And it, um, it approaches things from a, a thinking perspective, so kind of a cognitive behavioral way um, and also um, I call it kind of a calendar way, sort of thinking through how is your week gone? How was some of your the time since we saw each other last go? It's really uh, a way that I have done therapy a lot. So therapy has really mental health therapy specifically has made a lot of changes in the last few years. Um, I, I've read I write a lot of articles and uh, and a lot of them I write about how you turn on your TV and kind of first it started with maybe Good Morning America or some commercials 
for Talkspace talking about mental health therapy can be really helpful. I'm noticing now that it is really a typical part of television shows talking about um, some of the characters might talk about talking to the therapist or there'll be therapists who are characters. So those kind of things have really integrated therapy, mental health therapy, much more into the mainstream, particularly um, related to back when I had become finished my two years of um, master's degree program, which was in the Department of Health in, back in 1995. So a long time ago, therapists were pretty hard. You, there weren't a lot of us. Um, and the, the program I went to was KCREP approved, meaning it was, it met some criteria for what we were went to school in. And that's kind of the defining factor now for what helps a school be credentialed. And uh, managed healthcare was just beginning. And so knowing how many sessions do I get with a family um, and that part has loosened up quite a bit, which I think is really helpful. So when I think back to that trauma-informed care training that I went to, I really think about how it confirmed some of my own biases and my opinions um, that I had from working in that residential facility. I also worked at a residential place, a group home for boys is what it was called, um, while I was in Cincinnati working, um, going to school. Uh, my part-time job was the van driver for boys who lived in, we had three different houses and I would drive them to maybe a part-time job or drive them to school or pick them up from school. And it was a great opportunity to talk. And the director of that program was in my program with me. So I was able to meet him. So thinking about kind of different types of trauma I might see in my practice, um, some people I meet with have experienced sexual trauma. Others may have some traumatic grief, such as losing a child or a close loved one in them, to them has passed away. Others have experienced um, childhoods with caregivers who were either physically abusive or maybe neglectful. And there's all kinds of traumas that people can experience and it affects us in a lot of different ways. So, when I, when I think about talking about trauma-informed care and being a trauma-based therapist and, and how to get more therapists out there who, um, and, and making therapy affordable, um, something that people can find and kind of connect. The therapeutic relationship is a hugely important part to the process. And then I also think about um, how insurance plays into it. Some people choose not to accept insurance. So there are some therapists who accept, uh, we call it private pay. So you agree on a, a set charge and then somebody comes in and pays you that amount. With insurance companies, there's a, a pretty high variability in terms of what insurance companies will reimburse. And by accepting insurance, then you agree and sign a contract and say, I will not charge them over what the insurance company will Reimburse. So as therapy kind of grows and becomes more popular, I think one of the things that we will see change is that that reimbursement rate will probably um, adjust with the inflation that's going on right now. When we think about COVID and how that relates to trauma and being trauma informed, we've all been living in this sort of traumatic response since. For me, um, it really became real to me in March of 2020. I had a friend who said, let's go out to dinner. 
I think the restaurants might close. And I thought, no, the restaurants aren't going to close. That's silly. But sure, I'll go. I'll go meet you at a restaurant. I, I'd already eaten. So we went and had some chips and salsa. It was a, a Tex-Mex restaurant that's near to our house. And then while we were there, I believe the NCAA tournament got canceled for the that spring season. And it's it just kind of snowballed from there. And we've all lived through it. And really, we are still living through it. I hear a lot of people who are in therapy now, um, either either participants who come to therapy with me or they could be um, I participate and read about and talk with other therapists. Or, so it could be people coming to talk with them about sort of this fear of germs that people have and that really not wanting to be the person who gives COVID to someone who has a compromised immune system or who maybe has an autoimmune thing going on. So trauma has definitely become interrelated with um, COVID and the COVID response. There's lots of opinions about masks and lots of opinions about um, how do we keep safe? How do we all keep each other healthy as much as we can while continuing to live our lives? So for today, one of the things that I think is important is thinking, what are some of your own moments in your life that you might think of as pivotal moments or traumatic moments or times in your life that really affected you? Were you maybe a seven-year-old who somebody treated you in a way that you really remember the anger and feelings of sadness? Or maybe it was something that was life-changing for you. Could be even an exciting, life-changing moment. Um, when I think for me, I mean, I uh, looked into different schools when I was going to graduate school, and University of Cincinnati was certainly one of the ones I looked at. And I uh, was in the Department of Health, which was pretty avant-garde at the time. And that changed my life in many ways because I got a training that I really feel like I have drawn from in my years as a therapist and in working together with not-for-profits. So as you think about those moments for you, whether they be uh, moments that are might be sad or uh, life-changing, what are some ways that helped you cope during that time period? And now I want you to think about now and maybe your work environment might be different or it might be the same. It may be more intensive to, to work, um, than it used to be. It may be that you're now working from home every day versus working in an office every day. Or it, it could be that your spouse is working from home when they used to travel. There's been lots of opportunities for change. So what are some things that can be peaceful? I know I was talking with someone fairly recently about some sounds that can be helpful. So the sound of of water for me, like um, waves slapping up against the shore. That's a sound that I enjoy the sound of. So even 15 seconds of listening to that sound can be helpful. Another sound could be the sound of walking on snow and crunching along the snow. We had some snow here last week here in the uh, Dallas area, which is uncommon. So for some kids, that's the first time they've walked in snow, at least since last year. There was some snow last year, but uh, there was about 10 years where there wasn't snow. So that could be a sound or maybe the sound of birds chirping, or maybe it might be vis visual. It might be um, a picture of waves. So I'm going to, um, so as you think about that, I want you to think about some, some ways that that could be helpful. I'm going to end this 
talk today by playing some wave slapping that I was able to record when I was in Florida not too long ago. It wasn't really warm. It wasn't excessively warm, but it was very nice and pleasant. It was um, perfect temperature in my opinion. And I was able to walk up to some water in the Sanibel area and listen to the wave slap. And I decided I will go ahead and record that and make that, um, make that something that I'm able to listen to. So I'm going to play it for you now and I'm going to end with that. So it's been great talking with you and I hope you enjoy the next 14 seconds of waves. Thanks for listening and I will make another one of these soon. Great.